Welcome to the Good Rookie Show. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nelly J, y'all. And we are Good Rookies. That's right. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday. And guess what? It's the Good Rookie Show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, y'all? We're your hosts coming to you from Toronto, Canada, the sixth, okay? And we bring you the hottest topics in sports and culture. So, Fahim, I saw this funny clip on Instagram. Uh, Mike Myers, for those who don't know, he's from Scarborough. He's a Toronto Woo! man. And Speaker's Corner, Fahim, you know, that was used to be like, after a, after a show, you have a Speaker's Corner's clip and people will be talking randomly, right? So he was mm. in there saying, hi, I'm Mike. I'm from Agent Court area in Scarborough. And I was like, yo, Speaker's Corner was a thing. So I saw someone comment. I forgot who the comment's from. But they're like, this is this is the original Vine and TikTok, like you know that like oh. live, like it's like it's a live video or a live mm-hmm. like reality clip. And I'm like, yo, Speaker's mm-hmm. Corner was a vibe. I, do mm-hmm. you think they should bring that back, Fahim, in some capacity? Hundred percent. For anyone who's maybe not from the area and not doesn't know, it was uh, there's much music, which is I guess Canada's music. It's equivalent to I guess in Times Square in the states. I think it was. Uh, uh, MTV, MTV or B- yeah, 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 something like that. Mm-hmm. And they had a corner, and at the corner, they had a little booth, and the booth would sit maybe two two people, uh, three if you want to squeeze up, four sometimes packed into a small little booth in a corner, and uh, you paid at the time it would have been I don't know maybe a few quarters or something, and mm-hmm. it gave you amount of time, and uh, you had time, and what they did since it was at the the music, uh, much music is um they would run the recordings of what people random people said on the corner and they would air it on television mm-hmm. so uh to nelly j's point in regards to mike myers uh i'm assuming this was before the fame when he said oh hey, yeah I'm before mike. exactly before the fame right <laughs> so that would be actually kind of cool seeing just uh him being downtown i can imagine and saying hey his friends hey yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah do i think they should bring that back for sure i i do think the city especially toronto has uh and actually canada period because people from all over uh, come to toronto so you know you never know who could be popping in and i think um having um speakers corner or something like that uh, gives a voice to the people and i think now like you mentioned about that was the original vine i think now the people have social media so they actually exactly. go directly to it to their page but I, but I do think it would be cool to if you were to have something like that speaker's corner there where uh, people would actually incorporate maybe their social media into that so it mm-hmm. could be very interesting to me good point good point yeah yeah i, I really love very nostalgic uh mm-hmm. for sure um okay so quick question for him because yeah. th- th- a question before we go to the main topic so mm-hmm. um I saw something really interesting. So they're talking about valuation of teams, right? In 2024. Okay. So um, there's a team, right? And this is most valuable sports teams in the world. So based on 2024 valuation for him this year, we all know the most valued team in the world is the Cowboys, right? I'm not going to, yeah. that's easy. But mm-hmm. for him, guess who the number two team is. Yeah. In terms of valuation, I would just take a quick guess and say it's a football soccer team. Um, I don't know. 
it's obviously not going to be a usual suspect, but I'll go with, I don't know, um, Real Madrid. Yeah, so no, actually. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. So apparently there has been, I mean, and I think maybe the, the sale of Charlotte Hornets and Dallas, remember Mark Cuban sold not all his shares, but a lot to, to not be the majority stakeholder. Mm -hmm. Even Michael Jordan, people think he sold all his shares for him. No, he sold his some of his shares to not be a majority anymore. But he's oh, okay. still a part owner. Yeah, like Mark Cuban. They sold shares to make more money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So based on those sales and the valuation for him, number two value team in the world, Warriors at wow. $8.2 billion. By the way, Cowboys is $9.2 billion. Number three, valuation. Okay, this is just valuation. So if they were to sell the team now, it's just how much it would cost. Um, $7.4 billion to the Knicks, number three. And number four, $7.3 billion, so only 0.1 difference, Lakers. And number five, Yankees, $7.1 billion. I thought that was quite interesting because we had – I think a couple more NFL teams up top five for value for, for most valuable. But mm -hmm. again, this is via via Sportica. So Sportica did valuation on teams and they found that these were the top five most valuable sports teams in the world. Mm. Any thoughts for him? Wow. Um, all the names that you mentioned, none of them surprised me other than maybe golden state, maybe so high. I'm just trying to think with old Golden State, um, you know, they're at the end of a dynasty run, I think. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's really sustainable after maybe some losing seasons, um, if they would fall out. But for right now, just the fact that they're still in it and they haven't won it. Well, they won a championship two years ago, right? So mm -hmm. they're still, I guess, fresh off championship high. That that would be the biggest surprise, I think. Golden State is number two in the world. Mm -hmm. Um that actually speaks to the power of Steph Curry, you know, and, mm -hmm. and the, what Steph Curry brings to the franchise, right? Absolutely. Uh, maybe something that you, we should actually add to his legacy uh, outside the shooting, uh, just in regards to like, he's literally uh, resurrected a, yeah. a franchise. Yep. Yeah. We call it Wembyonics for, for the economics of Wemby. Of Wemby. Mm -hmm. um, Steph Curry got to be a Curryonics. Sure, yeah. <laughs> something i don't know but <laughs> he definitely made that franchise you mm -hmm. know become i mean i feel him i remember our you know y'all been podcasting for years but i remember one of our top whatever older older episodes we spoke about nicks being the most valuable franchise in the nba mm -hmm. and the wars i think were like top five or top six they've jumped to one in like seven eight years ten years that oh. is crazy yeah so yeah. i gotta respect what they've built there, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, also, I just wonder how them moving from Oakland to San Francisco, if that's actually mm -hmm. affected their valuation also. You yeah, know, I, wonder, um, I mean, I, I wonder, because, you know, I'm not sure if, like, where they are now, if they own it or if the city owns it. So that's a yeah. question. Um, You know what I mean? Number one, number two, I think the city owns it. But, yeah, I'm not, I don't think that will that, that could change because I think team value is just vi the team valuation. But yeah, I, I'm sure real estate or location does factor in something to your point, right? So, so yeah. but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just I'm not, I'm just not sure like how much fa it factors because mm -hmm. the Knicks plays in Madison Square, they're huge, right? right? Lakers plays in, you know, crypto, 
new name, but same place. Same place but there. yeah, I wonder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, interesting. This, this All-Star Weekend, a lot of things have happened. One of the things that I think caught me was the new court that they kind of slipped it in uh, that it's happened. We kind of seen it happen. The LED courts. Mm -hmm. How cool is that? Um, it's one of those things where as I was watching it, so uh, for anyone who maybe um, you would, if you watched NBA All-Star Weekend, you'd know uh, the courts were actually, um, how do we, how do describe this Nelly J where uh, they had, it's, it's the like, images. it's like a, it's like similar to any kind of a monitor. Imagine right. all your monitors That's, on the yes. floor, there like, you, you know, instead of having boards, like a computer monitor on the floor right. with a tougher case. Right. Perfect. Great. <laughs> so and the reason why I think this is good, it's a pretty interesting topic is the LED lights. Uh, so with other sports, they're always looking for new ways to innovate, like for baseball. Uh, when you watch baseball games, the uh, the strike zone, you know, when it's out, they have images uh, in hockey. They tried with the puck following, but um, is technology is going farther on. They're just using a lot more, uh, making it more visual, the sport. I just can't believe that here we are in 2024 and we're just now being introduced to, um, you know, images on the court. Mm -hmm. So I just want to get your thoughts in regards to what you saw with the images during All-Star Weekend and where you think these images are going to go in the future. Yeah, so a couple things, right? Just mm -hmm. looking at the price range um, of these. Um, the NBA does not run or control arenas, okay? So mm -hmm. essentially, I think because the Indianapolis, they installed it, they probably did it for free. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if they probably, probably the first time, right? Remember, like, I'm thinking if I'm the company who installed it, I probably give them a really good discount because I want to promote my my technology, right? Um, and stuff like that. Looking at the vent, the cost of this, I'm looking at the cost of or price range of installing, um, just installing LED mm -hmm. lights for him so would cost twenty two to like two hundred k. Installing um, that's just lights up top. The court, I can we can all guess is probably. Mm -hmm quite a bit of money so i i do think it looked really cute it was nice for like i think it was good for like three-point contests whatever for basketball games i don't think it's worth it because if you watch the nfl fahim super bowl you saw that when a team would score a touchdown they had a digital like actual they would edit the visual effect on of the of that on the screen Right, which is much cheaper <laughs> than mm -hmm. having to, to install an LED flooring on a basketball court. So if I'm looking to put more effects and stuff like that in the game, right, I can probably do that in a in a digital sense, where I can digitally enhance those types of dunks or whatever digitally through the actual screen instead of me having to install brand new flooring. Um. I think it's nice. I just don't think it's something I think it would be good for like maybe if there's a new type of like like for that like for example, right? If you're doing a tournament, mm 
and one location and everyone's playing there, that makes sense. But I just think mm. that for them to to like try this in every arena, these arenas aren't owned by the NBA. So, right. and the NBA has no right to tell an arena how to, what to put in the court. They have the right. regulation and guidelines of what you have to have. But outside of that, the arena can do what they want. Because again, right. teams do not own. So to me, I think the NBA, the All-Star Weekend, that was their weekend. It was their event. I think it's good for their event for that weekend. But I think in terms of expanding, um, I don't think it'll ever be uh, every NBA team will have it. But I do think it will be something. Because again, Fahim, yeah. if you look at like, some arenas are so old. Some are new. Some are like, you know what I'm saying? So no. I just think that, so I think for an event, beautiful. I think it's nice. I think it's cool. But some of the players, you could tell, didn't adjust well. Like, I don't know if you watch a skill contest where, like, Scotty and a few, I think Victor, they didn't watch to follow the arrow. So they were they went the wrong yeah. way. You know what I mean? Like, right. so not everyone is, like, used to that. But I think I think it's great for an event. But then the ROI to me is that you have to, like, I look at the ROI, the bottom line of it, right? But I do think it's really cool. But I think if you want effects at a game or effects, you can actually put that digitally. But I think for fan experience, I don't like because I wasn't at the game, Fahim. I think I don't know what it would look like for a fan being there. Is it distracting? Is it too bright? At home, I'm okay with it because I can see like more of a, a different view. But I'm wondering at the game, I wonder for those people, like, like you know, what they thought about it. Mm -hmm. So you're mentioning about the league doesn't own the arenas, which I agree. Um, you also mentioned about um, it being like something that if the league, well, I see how the in-season tournament that would I think be a great opportunity for them to use the LED LED lights again because but, they had but, the in-season tournament in. Wait, go ahead. Yeah, but but so you're saying it they'll have to uh, get approval from the Vic wherever they have the tournament. So what the last two games? Remember, the in-season tournament happens across the league, right? And yeah. all they do for him is change the painting on the court. That's right. way cheaper than installing led lights on the floor just right. for two yeah. months right. like again the work to do it and in, in every 30 team is just not worth it so with this in-season tournament they're in vegas for the last two games so i think the floor would be a great idea in vegas for the it, finals but but the nba can't like they, they will have like the vegas they will have to pay for it Okay, do you think, but I don't think the NBA has a problem with... with well, with, again, I don't I don't know. Remember, like, uh -huh. I, I don't think you were, in the, you were in the room, but the amount of money they bring in for All-Star Weekend is more money than, than what they bring in for in-season tournament in terms of sponsorships and branding. So uh -huh. having that for a full weekend, like Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, is different than having, like, two games and then a finals. Mm -hmm. So, so again, right, and you have to, so, so it also depends on if, uh, you know, if that arena in Vegas, if it's being used for other events, like hockey, right, like during that time, because I think they shared that, I think that's where the hockey team plays, right, the Golden Knights? They play in the uh, same yeah, arena as the basketball team. I don't know if they had the the. Assignment. I believe so. Yeah, it's only one. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I believe so. I, I believe the NBA team and the and the hockey team plays in the same place. So mm -hmm. it just depends, right? Because we we know Fahim, like being in Toronto, the Leafs play in the same arena as, as Raptors. So, you know, it, it again. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying that 
Like <laughs> during the All Star game, I didn't see any LED lights during the game. If you watched it, like there was no LED. I only saw the LED lights on the Friday and Saturday events. The Sunday, they just showed the regular court. Mm -hmm. So, so I think the LED lights was more for like the three point dunk contest, whatever. But I didn't see any LED lights activated for the uh, basketball game, mm -hmm. even during the dunks. Like when uh, Dame was taking his logo shots, the logos didn't mm -hmm. the light up or you know didn't change mm -hmm. or nothing. It just was the same court. Mm -hmm. So th th that's what I'm saying. Like I think those are were only for the event the the, the, the event events. But during the games, I don't remember seeing a dunk and then seeing lights flashing on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I don't remember seeing any of that. Do, do you remember mm -hmm. seeing that during during the games? Because mm -hmm. I felt like it was mostly before, for before the games and mm -hmm. after. Or like you know, for the intros, I saw the lights going up and down for mm -hmm. the performances, right? But I didn't see any. I didn't see the court changing or anything in that impact during the game. Mm -hmm. It, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm wondering if you saw anything, but I don't remember seeing anything. So. One sec. Yeah. Um. So, uh, LED. While I'm doing this here. We all know uh, what uh, LED lights are. But uh, the definition. Uh, light emitting diode. Okay. Of uh, ninety percent of uh, it produces up to ninety percent um, more efficient uh, light than regular light bulbs. Uh, and there's some some things here that I was reading about LED that I was like, yo, that's cool. That LED they could they they could find a way to like um, advertise while the game's going on. I think. I just think it, it. I was. I was really. I was just impressed with the fact that uh, that we're that we're here now doing this with the um, yeah ladies. No, for even but 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 that's the thing, right? Like the the the, the floors was not moving during the game. That's what I'm trying to say. Like the floors, but maybe like because again, it's basketball, and if anything distracts the player, like if I'm dribbling and then a light flashes for advertisement, that's that that's took away from the from the athlete. That's why I feel like. It's only right. good for before and after. Is that is it worth it? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. Uh, like right. it's it's good for events. It's good for concert. I think it's good for like if I'm playing on a team, right? If I'm doing a conference, especially the conferences with like an actual show, all right. And, and I'm doing that's cool. You go to a conference, the floors that have all the lights. Like that's why I'm, I'm I'm thinking it more for like corporate events, conferences. Maybe like animation type event, like but for but for but during a basketball game or a sporting event during the game, it's distracting. No athlete wants to see something flashing below them while you're hitting a a table tennis. You know what I'm saying? But I think mm -hmm. for like maybe a recreational space for sure. Maybe like if you're going to watch um or, or I don't know going to like some type of concert, or whatever. And I'm and I'm an artist because for me, Fahim, I feel like I've seen these before, like at concerts. Like if you ever go to any concert, you see like the floor moving. With grab with images, so I feel like we've seen this in concert settings, but never in like actual sports setting. So mm -hmm. I thought that was groundbreaking to have it in the sport. But I've seen LED floors or like LED type like screens in like concerts, right? Mm -hmm. It's been around for a while. Now it's it's trying to apply to sport. 
I don't think I think that's pretty cool, but I think it, it it'll be tough to use it for like an actual in-game activity. I think for athletes, there's just too much um stim stimuli. And during the game, they didn't even use it. So I think right. for like specific events, for sure. I think concerts, tours, conferences, I think it's a great idea, you know, for the money. But for for during a basketball game, nah. That's what about during the Hopkins? See, remember, remember KD when he was like just a hair over the three point line. Like, say they had it where like, like a uh, sensor, like yeah. sensors. Yeah, like uh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of money, and yeah. then that's a, that's a way more. Again, the ROI is not there now. Mm -hmm. Now, if the technology is out there and the price comes down, I'm sure they'll get something like that eventually, but. It's just the ROI, right? I think it's probably cheaper to get um, um, paint-sensitive type technology where if you step on the paint, it triggers something. That's cheaper than actually having a whole port in that. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's ways to do what, what you want, but much cheaper. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so instead of you having, put, put, put like an actual tape that goes on the line, so if someone steps on it, like, it's, it's the trick it sense that some kind of sensor or trigger and you know oh he stepped on the line without you having to check right yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying so like there's way to do that i just don't think it's going to be led flooring i think that's all-star weekend great concerts tours great <laughs> facts all right uh nelly j so why don't we go to for the culture for the culture, we got to highlight individuals for the culture, y'all. And today, we get to highlight someone. If you are a Toronto fan, you're definitely a fan of this young man. Okay, he's not young, he's not young anymore, but he's still kind of young to Fahim and I. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan. So, y'all, first of all, DeMar DeRozan is, is 34 years young. Okay, basketball star multiple All-NBAs, multiple All-Star. Uh, he's a USC, okay, alum. And he launched Raheem this past week. So last week, he launched his new uh, series, okay, that is called Dinners with Damar, where he gets to talk about and tackle the stigma of mental health and how to manage it how to work with it, how to live with it, right? Um, I really love this idea for him because I think like DeMar DeRozan is someone, and even he said it himself, people think, oh, I'm DeMar DeRozan. Like I'm, I have it all together. I'm a millionaire. I'm a star. Like, how can you not be happy? You know what I'm saying for him? Like, oh, you know, you know some fans like, oh my gosh, they're stars. How are they not happy? Well, they're happy but just like all of us, Fahim, we're human. And as a human, we deal with different challenges and pressures uh, put on ourselves, put on by others or society. So I really love that he is launching this series. It's on it's on his actual YouTube. So DeMar DeRozan um, YouTube channel. You can watch it now. Fahim, his first episode is with Draymond Green. And um, I've been very vocal on my Twitter. Um, sorry, X. You guys call it X now. I still call it Twitter, man. I'm sorry, y'all. I call it Twitter. But on X about, like, clearly he's had to, he's dealing with something, right? This is not normal for him to see someone behave the way Jermaine has the past year. Punching players, 
you know, fighting players on the court, punching teammates, like just really sporadic behavior. I haven't watched the episode yet, but that's pretty dope that he is talking to Draymond. Um, I'm hoping they're breaking bread and sharing stories, but I really think Fahim, the conversation around mental health, especially around our black kings, I think it's something that we should not only admire and respect, but but promote. Okay. Um, we talk about, especially in Toronto, um, I've spoken to my brothers and friends who talk about, you know, there's really any safe spaces for black men to speak, right? To share, to be vulnerable about challenges, about their good or bad days, right? Now, some some men have their male you know, groups, but but sometimes they don't share those things. So I'm hoping that this um this type of series not will only stimulate, but um promote more men to speak about their mental health and their challenges. And who knows, maybe that'll make them become stronger as a unit, right? So theme, that's why DeMar DeRozan is for the culture, Woo! aka Debo. Uh, even his teammates for him, Chicago Bulls, uh Vooch, they're all supporting my family, his family. I really, really admire this. So guys, please check out his series. Let's support it, right? Dinners with DeMar. It premiered mental health. I think he's been a leader in this space already. And I just, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, so Fahim, any thoughts on DeMar DeRozan's new uh, web series? Oh, um, it's really good. He's always been pretty vocal about what he's uh, uh, been dealing with. Uh, kind of being, uh, I guess, a leader in in that aspect, especially in the, uh, in the NBA in particular. Um, is I do find it interesting that he did have Draymond as his first guest. I haven't seen the episode. Um, I do plan on watching it though. Uh, I'm just wondering um, if that's going to be the theme of people who uh, maybe maybe dealing with mental health uh, issues. If that's or if it's like siesting because I haven't seen it. I can just speculate. Uh, Demar, he's been vocal about it. Um, Draymond, for instance, his first guest, uh, first guest hasn't been open about some something like that so i don't know if it was uh his guests are there for him or he is there for his guests or they are there for each other you know um but i do think that you're right that's a conversation that that has to be had and it is nice uh that uh they're having you know some produced content around it um yeah i i just be interested to, to watch it and uh and see, but shout out to DeMar DeRozan uh, for uh, what he's doing uh, in the, the realm of mental health. Big up, DeMar. I agree. Mm -hmm. We have mm -hmm. to watch it, support it. It's important. And I want to see more of my brothers out there speaking on it and not feeling ashamed. Mm -hmm. Not feeling ashamed. It's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to say, you know what, man? I'm having uh, anxiety about this, you know, interview. Oh, oh, man, I'm really nervous about, you know, my kids, blah, blah, blah. Or, man, I had a really rough day at work. I, I, I'm really concerned. Like, I really think it's okay to not always be perfect. And, yeah, everything's great. You know, social media can make you think, Fahim, ever living a lovely, happy, perfect life. And we've all realized that, the happiest people sometimes are not happy. We've, we've lost a lot of loved ones 
or I've seen lots of a lot of people that we've known who were like comedians commit suicide or famous musicians, you know, like it happens because sometimes we're not like we're free to come out and speak on those bad days. Right. Um, and it's okay because we feel ashamed. We feel like we failed. We feel like, so I'm really hoping that this is just another way for kids coming up, athletes coming up, you know, athletes are, you know, they're gladiators. They're the modern day gladiators, right? That they're tough. They can't show any weakness for him. And I just hope that we can say that there is strength in showing weakness and that is strength. So anyways, big up to Debo, big up Demar. This is great, great, great series. He actually launched it for him at USC too. At USC, he actually had a launch there where he, you know, where, where, he, nice. where he played. So I love nice. that too. Like he's very intentional, Demar. Everything does is very intentional. Um, but yeah, big up, big up, big up. I really hope uh, this the series goes well. I really do. I also love the fact that athletes, they're in, especially in the podcast and media space, that's where a lot of former, uh, present and former mm -hmm. uh, players are actually going to. Um, no one's going in. It. They all seem to be the same kind of formula. You know, yes. Either you have a past, about themselves, about yeah, their stories, about, about themselves, yeah. or about previous stories. Um, very few are actually dealing with topics of the of the now mm -hmm. in regards to making people better. You know, like so. I mean, uh, for Demar to actually have something that's like you mentioned intentional about mental health that can actually help people um, while he's an active player that goes so against the grain of what's happening. So, I mean, I like the fact that um, he's using his opportunity because, you know, let's be real. DeMar could have got a podcast and just off of who he is. Of he course. Got a podcast and done whatever he wanted to do. Right. Um, but so I think it, it's great that he's using um, his platform to actually help people. So yeah, shout out to DeMar. It's great. Facts, facts. Mm -hmm. Big up. That that's why Big DeMar up. DeRozan is for the culture. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Nelly J, uh, uh why don't we close this out with our last segment? That's absurd. That's absurd. <sighs> what was absurd this week? What was absurd? Wow. Former NBA player Boris Diaw. He was on a podcast. And on the podcast, he revealed, and I'm going to quote him. This is crazy. This is a quote. I don't think I ever scored a bucket with my left hand. End quote. Absurd. So just for context, here's what happened. He's on the pod. He's on the pod. And he's saying that his old coach uh, used to have uh, an ongoing stat that they used to run of people who um, scored with their opposite hand. Mm -hmm. And every every game, he'd be at zero because they actually documented this. This is someone yeah, who- Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, before. zero. I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just find it so interesting that he's played over 10 years in the NBA. And he said he thinks he might have only had one left hand uh, shot, but it was actually a tip-in. So he says he doesn't even count it because he tipped the ball in with his left hand. Wow. And he says every move he's made in the NBA going left, 
he's never finished with his left hand. He's always found a way to make it to his right hand. That's true, because the one under the rim, he kind of flicked it with his, with yeah, his right so, hand. <laughs> so they, they, they showed a bunch of clips of him going left. Yeah. And it looks like he's going left, but then he finds a way just to, to go to the right. right. That's true. So I'm just wondering for the amount he's, he's he's scored a lot of buckets in the NBA. And to think that he's never scored one with his left hand is just absolutely absurd. And definitely not something that you want kids to hear about. You know, <laughs> you know that's the fundamentals. Kids got to know about using their left hand, going on the left hand side. Um, yeah, I just think it's, it's absurd that that he's never scored with his left. What? Ever? Yeah, his entire career. I find that so hard to believe, though. I'm like, how'd that be impossible? Yeah. So I'm looking I'm... now. He averaged eight points his career, uh -huh. um, career-wise. There most must have been points... a season where, if you have his his, his splits there. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say right now. Okay, hold on. Let me guess. I think he's his in his best year, he maybe is average. He's got to be a 15-point-a-night game. I'll go with 15 points a night. Only one time in his career he did that. Okay, and what what, what that was the, his best was a fifteen. Yes. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And but others, it's he's only had one, two, three, four, five double digit points okay. in season average. Still, he's not really us. You know what I'm saying? And then after that, like, like no, but, but six, think seven, four, five, nine, Think about even in one season. If you, as someone who's averaging 15 points a night, even in one season, imagine all the buckets that they've scored in that even that so one. So I have the total points. The most okay. points he scored yeah. in a single season was uh 1072. Okay. So he's got a thousand. And he's points. only scored over a thousand points twice in his career. Okay. So so he so he scored a thousand points and none of them with his left hand. And in impressive. Like, in, uh, wow. Wow, yeah. that's just mind blowing, and it's great wow. that he's admitted. Mm -hmm. I mean, so. I, I, and he barely took any threes too. So yeah, he, was, which... he was he wasn't taking threes like that. You know, back especially back in those days, they weren't taking threes like that. He retired. Right. He retired in what he his last season was twenty seventeen, mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, like, but he did play, yeah, at thirty four, and he averaged four point six mm -hmm. in Utah. So. Wow. And he played many yeah. years for Popovich too. Actually, he won a championship under Popovich. And uh, yeah, Pop, you know, he's old school. You figured mm -hmm. Popovich being like someone of, he played with Tim Duncan. They call him Big Fundamentals. You know, how you play with Big Fundamentals and you, you, you throw Fundamentals out the window and never score with your left hand going left left side. That's just. Yeah. At least it was efficient, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyways, I thought that was just completely absurd. 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 All right, Nelly J. Let's put this episode in the books. All right, y'all. That was the Good Rookie Show. Mm -hmm. So as y'all know, we do our shout outs. Mine is really quick. I'm shouting out South Carolina women's uh, college basketball team. Another season of being undefeated. Two years in a row in the regular season. No team has beaten this team. And this is a young team. Like, they lost like eight people last year to WNBA and professional. A lot of younger oh. players stepping up. Just That's Don Staley. Don Staley. Yes, okay. Don Staley. Um, and one thing I'm going to say with Don Staley, my second shout out was to her because she got to 600 career wins. Big number. 
since 2000. So it's a tempo she started. She said 600 wins. Big up to Don Staley. Big up to South Carolina. Uh, man, really, really impressive. Really impressive. So yeah, that's my shout out. What, what you got? What you got for me? Nice. Um, I'm going to go with 47.5% of the 123 million people who watched the Super Bowl were women. Ooh, almost 50%. Look at that. Almost 50% of, the, of, of people who actually watched the Super Bowl were women. Wow. Stand up, stand up. Stand up. How are you? The tides are ch- the tides are changing. All the tides are changing. <laughs> Love to see it. Love it. <laughs> All right, now the Jay. Let's put this episode in the books. All right, y'all. That was a good rookie show. Mm-hmm. If you had a good time and enjoyed yourself, please like and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend for him. We're on all platforms if you look at course, you know what it is. It's a good rookie show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.